Hello everyone and welcome to Employment Matters, brought to you by the Employment Law Alliance, the world's largest network of labour and employment lawyers from the best law firms around the globe. I'm your host, Chloe Lobshire. Here on Employment Matters, we bring you updates from around the world as we dial in our local ELA lawyers. These good folks practice on the ground in jurisdictions around the globe, working daily to help their clients move through these difficult times. Today, we're going to be chatting with one of our members in Africa. I'm pleased to welcome Nuno Bovea, partner with Miranda Alliance. Miranda Alliance brings together close to 230 lawyers in 19 jurisdictions across four continents. Today, Nuno will be chatting about the African Continental Free Trade Area. The ELA is also going to be hosting a webinar on this topic, which Nuno will be moderating. Welcome to the program, Nuno. How are you doing today? Everything's fine, Chloe. Excited for this podcast. Awesome. So, Nuno, can you tell us what is the African Continental Free Trade Area Agreement and what does it seek to achieve? Well, Chloe, free trade area within Africa is a topic in the continent since 1980 with the Lagos Plan of Action issued by the then Organization of the African Union. The agreement was preceded by the creation of the African Economic Community by the Abuja Treaty in 1991 and the secession of the Africa Unit Organization by the current African Union in 2002. Well, the economic integration of the continent is one of the goals of the African Union, and this triggered a very long negotiation. This all ended in March 21, 2018, with the signature of the Africa Continental Free Trade Agreement at the 10th Extraordinary Summit of the African Union in Kigali, Rwanda, by 44 of the 55 African states. Currently, 54 of the 55 states of the continent are signatories. The agreement addresses the fragmentation and different standards of trade in Africa. This is due to the fact that Despite the continent having 55 countries, there are 44 currencies circulating in the continent. And this renders foreign exchange a huge problem and a huge cost for small and medium African business. Also, there is a different standards in local content rules, rules of origin, not uniform custom duties, etc. And this led to the need to at least try to harmonize trade to the extent possible within the continent. And so all the negotiations that led to the African Continental Free Trade Agreement, and that this was a very complex discussion that took place within the African Union for, for decades, is that the Africa Continental Free Trade Agreement economies combined have a GDP of $3.4 trillion, but Africa only accounts 3% of the global GDP. However, it is acknowledged that African continent as a whole as 17% of the worldwide population, and this percentage will double in the next 20 years. The other issue that led to the negotiation and execution of the agreement is poverty reduction. The poverty headcount ratio in Africa, meaning the percentage of people that live below the threshold of $1.90 per day in all the countries of the continent, averaged 32% of the population. And so all economies in all countries within the, the African Union recognize that only a boost in trade can lead to the reversing of this unfortunate situation. The other point is that there are high trade barriers, statutory tariffs, non-tariff barriers. And so the Africa Continental Free Trade Agreement requires countries to remove 97% of the tariff lines for 90% of the intra-Africa trade. 
And this leads us to final very interesting points, is that there is a low intra-Africa trade, meaning all the economies within the African continent, the commerce between the African country to African country average less than 8% of their exports. Because even current today, most economies within Africa trade internationally, either with a formal colonial power or internationally due to oil, mining, and other points. And so the World Bank made a very recent assessment of the Africa continental food trade economies and reached two very interesting conclusions. First, and one it is obvious, at this, this will generate the largest free trade zone of the world. And the second point is a very interesting one. This is that this will be the first experience in the world of a free trade zone area where the removal of trade barriers and the removal of tariff lines will have no or limited impact in countries' GDP. Meaning we're talking about countries whose state budget, the revenues for state budget are less than 10% arising from tariff lines within Africa trade. And so what the World Bank says and the African Union says the same is that all countries should immediately ratify the agreement because they have everything to gain with adhering to the Africa Continental Free Trade Agreement. This will be a point that we will cover in our upcoming webinar. We will have, I would say, the five main economies in the continent represented in the webinar, meaning Kenya, Morocco, Angola, Nigeria, and South Africa. And this hopefully will lead to a very interesting discussion. That sounds great. Nuno, can you tell us about the regional economic communities? I believe that these are recognized in the agreement as really being building blocks of the African continental free trade area. One needs to understand what is the African Union. Well, the African Union is not a federal state, nor an integrated organization like the European Union. Due to historic regions and the fact that the African Union is an organization that was set up to fight or to deal with the implications of colonialism and post-colonialism. And so the African Union is a supranational organization that coexists with other organizations that were already or pre-existing or exist at the same time of the African Union at regional level. We need to understand that Africa is a continent comprising 55 countries and have geographies that are very remote, meaning we have a specific cultural mindset and we can go to West Africa and find other type of, of jurisdictions. And so what we have in Africa is indeed an immense country with a lot of difference from both cultural, economical, legal, and trade as a whole. So what we have is eight regional economic communities, and eight are formally recognized by the African Union. Well, we have, as an example, the Arab Maghreb Union up north, that includes Morocco, Comesa, the common market for Eastern and Southern Africa, Senset, the community of Sahel Sub-Saharan states, the EAC, the East African community, the ECAS, the Ecumenic Community of Central Africa states, the ECOWAS, the Ecumenic Community for West African States, the EGAT, the Intergovernmental Authority on Development. And I would say the last one is perhaps the most important, the Southern Africa Development Community, where basically aggregates the countries from southern part of the continent. Well, members of the webinar, we are going to see that Kenya is a champion, is, is member to almost all regional communities. 
But indeed, we in our webinar are going to have countries that pertain to all these communities. And the relevancy is that within some, some of these regional economic communities, they have already advanced free trade agreements that whereby a country that is member to a given regional community is entitled to trade under preferential terms. Preferential terms in terms of company setup, costs and duties, non-tariff barriers, rules of origin, etc. And so the issue that we try to cover in the webinar is how these pre-existing regional economic communities and preferential trade agreements will harmonize with the Africa Continental Free Trade Agreement. Well, what we are going to see as the main topic for discussion is the agreement entails a non-discriminatory rule, meaning it entails the application of all and distinct standards of these preferential trade agreements to all countries that are parties to the Africa Continental Free Trade Agreement. And so what we can end up having is a country located in the Maghreb that wishes to sell its products to South Africa, and South Africa will have to apply the same standards that exist in SADC to a company that is exporting to, to South Africa. And so, as you can see, this will end led within the African Union to a huge political debate. Some countries like South Africa and Nigeria, which will be members of our panel for discussion in the webinar, have resisted the, the signature and ratification of the Africa Continental Free Trade Agreement because you have political sensibilities to cover economic sensibilities to cover, state budgets to run, rules of origin, and protection of small and medium-sized business to consider. And so this will be a very good point to cover within the upcoming webinar. Okay, it's going to be very interesting to hear all those different perspectives. Nuno, lastly, before we close, can you just tell us a little bit about the freedom of movement of people in Africa? Well, this is indeed a very interesting topic it's because the Africa Continental Free Trade Agreement does not address the labor market as a topic. Okay? So it is an agreement that sets up a free trade zone. But the African Union concurrently always put the issue of free movement of people as a topic for discussion within the countries. Well, the agreement as the Africa Continental Free Trade Agreement has provisions that says that all the rationale and the main goal of the free trade area is to set up a single market within the Africa continent, powered by the free movement of goods, services, and people. And this is directly enshrined in the wording of the agreement. The problem is that there is no provision. What we have within the context of the African Union is an instrument that was executed when the, the African Economic Community was set up, which is the protocol to the treaty establishing the African Economic Community relating to the free movement of persons, right of residence, right of establishment. This was adopted in 29 January 2018 by the African Union at Addis Ababa, Ethiopia. It is a very good agreement, an agreement that sets up very detailed provisions on the rights of residents and establishment to work, rights of people that pertain to the countries that will ratify the agreement to seek initial employment or post-employment offers, the recognition of foreign educational and or professional qualifications, and set up programmatic rules for the harmonization of the social security systems of the countries. And by harmonization of these systems, we are talking about the right of an individual that work in a country for 10, 20 years 
when he returns to his home country to claim benefits, retirement and other pensions within his country and basically it set up the right of this individual to claim the contribution career that he had in the other country within his country of current and final domicile. This agreement was very well drafted. The problem is that it was only signed by 32 countries within the African Union. And worse than that is that at this stage, and the agreement dates from 2018, only four countries ratified the agreement. And these countries were Mali, Rwanda, Niger, and Santo Mepis, meaning no major country from no major economy within the continent ratified this agreement. And we need to understand that there is a huge history of isolation regarding certain countries. There are a huge problem of infrastructure. There are problems within borders between many countries within the Africa continent. There are community problems. There are still unrests, in certain points, civil wars. And so all the political debate that is leading to the implementation of the free movement in Africa will for sure be done at the level of the regional economic communities or at the level at the countries themselves on their own approving laws that recognize some sort of disagreements of these rights and disagreements within themselves. And so in the webinar, we are going to launch the final question to the members of, of these five main economies that will take place in the webinar. The, and the question is, will the freedom of movement of people be attainable in the continent? And my take as a moderator for the, for the webinar is that indeed it is attainable, but what we are going to see is that different movements, different speeds, and different political debates within members of the African Union. There will be communities, for instance, in the SADC uh, economies where this movement can be faster. One regional economic community that is not recognized by the African Union, but is taking the lead on this, is actually the CPLP, the, the community of the Portuguese-speaking countries, where last week there is a mobility agreement that was executed within all members. And the CPLP is not recognized by the African Union because it covers one South American country, Brazil, and one Asia country, East Timor. But the Angola is a party to that, to that agreement, and we are going to have mobility between the Portuguese world in a time frame of between two to five years. This is going to be ratified quite fast. And so what we are going to see ultimately is our members of the panel representing the main economies of, of Africa saying that there are going to be different political considerations, different economic considerations. But I would say that ultimately they are going to answer favorable to this question, meaning the free movement of people will be attainable, will be a natural implication of the Africa Continental Free Trade Agreement, and hopefully will put the African continent where it should be, meaning the lead in the, uh, leading the world and putting themselves in the right path for development. Great. Well, thanks so much, Nuno. This has been such an interesting discussion. And if you would like to hear more on this topic, I would encourage our audience to register for this upcoming webinar on the African Continental Free Trade Area, which is taking place on the 4th of August. You can find the link to register in a description of this podcast. If you'd like to connect with Nuno, please also click on his bio 
which is also available in a description of this podcast. Also, please visit the ELA website at ela.law, where you can sign up to receive invitations to our upcoming webinars, download white papers and on-demand content from our online library, or access the ELA's exclusive Global Employer Handbook. You've been listening to Employment Matters, a podcast brought to you by the Employment Law Alliance, the world's largest network of labor and employment lawyers from the best law firms around the globe. I'm Chloe Lopesha, and thanks for listening.